It's probably existed before, but I, what I said was like, no such thing as originality. No. Uh, so alcohol did not help me on that one. Good morning, Frisco, Texas. Welcome to DLC Dallas, the downloadable coffee podcast where we recap all of the coffee club chats that we've had throughout the past few weeks. Past week, past few weeks, we missed last week. So, we got a lot to cover today. Uh, joining, I'm Michael Sewell, and joining with me today is David Forrest. Rebecca Easton. Uh, let's get started. Right, okay, so we'll go into, as per usual, past events, and then we'll get into upcoming events. So, here are the past events. D-Stop uh, did their building alternative D- DIY controllers, I believe, last week. Uh, a bunch of sh- short guys last month, because they only have one meeting a month, is uh, they did all-day life drawings. They brought a bunch of people in to help them learn how to draw different things. And then, of course, we, the VGOCC, had our Beer Club Tuesday. It's the last Tuesday of every month. And that was an interesting one, I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah? I didn't have any regulars. It was just me. And there was, I guess, one guy who'd shown up twice, but he'd come to the two that I couldn't make because I was taking that SMU course. So I didn't have anybody to bounce off of. Really awkward on trying to figure out. Um, quickly bought myself a drink to loosen myself up. <laughs> and then we got into topics of just uh, what kind of games they like. Because they're all new members. All of them. New. I hope they come back. I really do oh. hope you guys come back. Um, we got into topics of like what's our favorite games. Uh, things in the stories we didn't like. Things in the stories that we did. Tropes we wish didn't exist. Tropes that are good to use if you use it a certain way. And then I made one of them upset when I, uh, <laughs> what I was trying to say was, um, don't worry about originality. Because what he got, when he was showing his game, he got very worried. He's like, don't, don't steal this because it's super original. I was trying to say, uh, don't worry about it. You know, these kind there's, it's probably existed before, but I, what I said was like, no such thing as originality. No. Uh, so <laughs> alcohol did not help me on that one. But um, I was trying to just mention, like, uh, everything's a remix of everything. Don't get so worried about originality. Because I know a lot of creatives, when they get into this whole idea of originality, they sometimes lock up and they can't get past that. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to express. It just didn't come out well. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened. That's, that's what happened. And here's what's coming up. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. So Dallas Society of Play, DSOP has their summer mingle, and it's going to be at Wh- Whirlyball Laser World yeah. in Plano. Whirlyball. Say that five times. Oh, no, you're all, all you. Whirlyball is super fun. You're like on bumper cards, and you have lacrosse sticks and wiffle balls, and you're trying to throw wiffle balls into basketball hoops while driving around on bumper cards. It's great. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend going to that if you get a chance to. All right. Well, that is what July day? 8th. Okay. July 8th. Then next Thursday will be the second Thursday of every month. Is Dal- oh, it's not Dallas Society. Second Thursday of every month is a game dev drink up. And that's at the Curry Park in Plano. Yep. That's a great place to go if you're looking to loosen up a bit after work, have some fun, and meet some new people in the area. Um, right now it's getting, since it's summer, that we're going to start seeing a lot more students pop up. So, so that will be July, um, July 12th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
And here's some that are coming up, but I'm putting them up here because uh, they're conventions, so you can kind of get ahead of the head of the ball game, especially if you're trying to make some purchase on tickets. July 27th is the Let's Play Gaming Expo at Irving Convention Center. Is that the first time they've had it there? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think I mean it's a pretty new convention center. I've never been there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So it's going to be there, and uh, their tickets are on sale, so get them while, while they're hot. Which weekend and is that again? That is the 27th. Gotcha. Right. And then uh, a bunch of short guys' events, it, the Industry Giants. which Oh, is, the big one for mm-hmm, the year. The big one, which is also at the same time as the big design conference. Yep. Mm-hmm. Big D, right? Um, they're in the same location, right? Yeah. It's like one half is one. Yeah, they split it down the middle. Uh, right now, and the reason why I bring this up, even though it's September 22nd, you can right now buy 50% tickets uh, off of the master speaker discount. Um, and it gives you about 50% off your, your full ticket. So like $100 off or something like that. Nice. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for to go to, I, I highly recommend going to either one of these conventions because they have a lot of interesting talks going on, especially at Industry Giants. They're bringing in some big names. They were try, I tried to help them get in contact with the people who did Cuphead. Mm. But I knew the writer, it didn't work out. <laughs> so I'm uh, interested to see who, they, who they're bringing in in lieu of that. Okay. Is it too late? Because I know uh, a friend who works with MDHR. Uh, oh, I should have asked you. I connected you with Vincent, but yeah, I think it's too late. I think okay. they blocked in okay. all of their speakers this year. <laughs> all right. And so that's what's coming up. Recap. Recap. So the Thursday group, there was a lot of things that we talked about, but I'm just going to pull out the bigger ones that we got into. Uh, PUBG versus Fortnite. For those that uh, don't yeah. know, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, but for those that don't know, PUBG, or the creators Blue Hole Inc., started running around and claiming copyright or copy infringement, something along those lines, against a whole bunch of different developers, including Epic Games, Fortnite. Uh, specifically, they were doing it in... South Korea, they they brought the case up in South Korea and where the laws are a little bit different there. Yeah, copyright laws specifically. Copyright laws are very much different there in a a lot of the ways. um, So I watched a video, I recommended it. A lot of people don't like the person, but I recommended the video uh, that the game theorists theorists did on it, which talked a little bit about how the laws in South Korea came about, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. focused on Confucianism, Confucianism and all those that's kind of what their laws are built on. Um, so it was what they were coming up and saying was that it's not an open and shut case as it would be here. Right. Uh, since then, last week, the news broke that Blue Hole has dropped the lawsuit against Epic Games and is deciding to, I don't know, we don't really know what's happened behind closed doors. They either yeah. settled or... They got I mean, a horrible amount of bad press for it. Oh, yeah. Because it would, like, it, as as unique as PUBG was when it came out, it was still based on uh, H1Z1, uh, which like was already a kind of Battle Royale-esque. Like, well, they had made a mode world. for it, they and specifically it. Yeah. Player Unknown had helped make that mode, yeah, exactly. and then branched up. And then yeah, and then, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very interesting. To, I, I want to see why they decided to drop the case. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they like turned around one morning and realized, oh, we're both owned by Tencent. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I don't know, but it seemed like it was they were just going through a spree because they called out a couple of games specifically on mm-hmm. mobile too, uh, like Knives Out. 
Knives Out? Um, yeah. Knives um, Out, a couple others. But yeah. They were trying to trademark the fact that their game has a frying pan. Yeah. It was one of the reasons. But, and, but they were also talking about yeah, how that wasn't the only they had certain mechanics in there that was uniquely theirs and that they felt Fortnite had stolen. But it was also funny because, like, Epic makes the Unreal Engine, which PUBG is making. And so, like, it was, you know, and then they had, like, a lot of, like, I know there was a lot of controversy for a while that um, they, like, like, it was, they talked about PUBG being kind of an asset flip, uh, at least when it was first created. And even to this day, there's still a lot of, like, uh, store-bought assets, nothing, like, super custom to PUBG. Mm-hmm. And so to try and claim that your gameplay mechanic is the, like, the thing that is copyrightable, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's where copyright here in the U.S. is fuzzy, because yeah. it's, uh, game mechanics aren't really copyrightable, yeah. because they, they evolve so much with time. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that it's important to know is that copyright in itself, it doesn't, it, when it, they say it, into, it protects the intellectual property, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it protects the idea itself. Yeah. Right, and that's where things get really fuzzy for a lot of people because they're going, "Well, it was my idea," and it's not what they're really protecting there. Um, so the it's it's an interesting because I was getting into a lot of um, well, writer and publisher, right? Yeah, <laughs> self publishing. So you have to kind of go and learn educate. Yeah, you've yourself navigated on that. these waters. A yeah, bit. and it's really is confusing. There's a lot of things that they put in there. There's a lot of articles that they change because they don't just change; they just amend or add on new things. Mm-hmm as the years go by, which is exactly what you're seeing here. Um, so, and just uh, as a side note, South Korea, their in intellectual property laws are a new thing. It's mm-hmm. it's it's within the last- And it's still four, changing, yeah, forming. And, four decades yeah. or so. It's They haven't had them for very long, mm-hmm. uh, versus us who's had them, what, since the 1700s, I think is what they were saying. Since like Thomas Edison and yeah, all of that. Yeah, patents and things were coming into play. So, that was one of the things, uh, one of the funner topics they had was at E3, the New Day, which is a WWE group, tag team group, versus versus the Elite. I don't know who the Elite are from. <laughs> I don't know who the Elite are from. I'm not super into wrestling. But they, they took them on in a Street Fighter V or Street Fighter V exposition battle and I really don't, yeah, at I don't, E3 there was E3, wrestling competition uh, there was over a, Street Fighter a, yeah they were playing the game um, one, of, one of the things now is some of the members in New Day are, have their own uh, YouTube Let's Play channel mm-hmm. so they play video games with a lot of the other superstars WWE superstars and some other guests that they bring on that's funny yes uh, so those are some things to know that was for the Thursday group uh, there was one other topic but I kind of want to save that towards the end because I have a lot of feelings on it. We discussed it a little while, while at the group. Um, so I'm going to save that for the end. And Friday. So the Friday group, uh, we talked about Google possibly entering the gaming market with their own console. Yeah, the hardware market <laughs> specifically. That's where it's interesting. interesting. They, they Apparently in the article, they were talking about having a three-prong approach, one of them being streaming, uh, in the console and then I forget what the third point was. I mean, if if the if the thing that Google can do is figure out game streaming cross platform in an interesting way that other companies have not had the money or the uh, the longevity to to figure out, then maybe that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but if they're just building another 
Xbox or PlayStation, and it's going to be a third console, like in in that premium tier that's not Nintendo, um, or it's going to try and be its own. Like Nintendo is very unique, and the reason that Nintendo has survived is because they have their own niche, right. and, and they, they do right. their they do their own thing with games. They're not trying to compete with. Sony or Xbox, at least not to the level that Sony and, and Microsoft are competing. Um, we were joking about names upstairs when yeah. we heard the news on that. I think the one we settled on was Googleplex. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. But I wonder if they would bring that into the handheld market with like the next N-Gage or something like that. I mean, maybe. Well, one of the things that they point, like our members pointed out, because we've talked about this for the last two weeks since we didn't mm-hmm. have our episode last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about infrastructure, right, and what it takes to do streaming. And if we're also, some people are also looking at the, the fall of net neutrality and talking about how there may be some premium services that are now coming out specifically for game streaming, right? So these, these things talk a lot about the infrastructure, the new, the new way of things that we haven't quite seen yet, although... I'm getting a little bit into politics, but I'm not going to go too far. We are seeing states start to come out and put in place their own net neutrality, or even districts within in cities. Or try to. Yeah, come out and try try to do the thing. Uh, try to do the thing. Um, so we're not quite sure what it is, but one thing's for sure: if you don't have a good infrastructure to support the streaming, then you're not going to have a good stream. Yeah, right. We, yeah. I mean, you're you're also looking at because I think we talked about this a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're also looking at primarily like the only like two major markets that have fast enough internet speeds to the degree that you would need for like consistent streaming are probably like the US and South Korea, maybe getting into the EU and the UK a little bit, but like the bandwidth size that you yeah. need has to be so much larger. And South Korea is um, actually way further ahead than exactly, we are. Exactly, yeah. So. But so you're you're also limiting the market that you can sell. Like one of the things that PlayStation has been so successful at is international sales of their console. Mm-hmm. Like Xbox, I think actually sold better in the U.S., but worldwide, the PlayStation sold like three times the Xbox One. Um, and so, like again, if you're if you're relying solely on streaming, um, and we don't know any of this, but like if, yeah, this if is all speculation. But if but if it's a streaming console then they are extremely limiting their market because the infrastructure just isn't there across the world. Well, that or... So the options are increase the bandwidth or reduce the packet size. True. Right? So maybe they're pulling some Silicon Valley stuff. Maybe. And and they're trying new middle-out algorithms. That, was, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. We'll I, don't, I don't know if they would do a streaming service, but I think that's the most likely candidate for them to try to hit mm-hmm. with NVIDIA Grid's success and all that stuff. Um, I can see them trying it. All right. Well, speaking of Nintendo, I'm going to segue right into to our next news. Uh, Nintendo has released their report saying that Nintendo Switch plays just as long docked as it does undocked. So they're about even. Well, people have been playing yeah, mm-hmm. evenly yeah. across it. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you were saying. No, no, like, seriously. No. Yes, the dock and on dock. The way you phrased it, it sounded like you're talking about battery life. Yeah. Oh, that's what I took that news to mean. No. Oh, no. No, yeah. no. People it's are people choosing yes. Yes, to play split. Like, they're playing just as much in handheld mode as they are in dock mode. Which I've found myself personally. Like, yeah. I, I love playing in handheld mode, 
but I also like find that when I'm sitting in front of my TV or like when I get home, I'll go dock it and I'll play on the TV. Mm-hmm. I yeah. picked up a, uh, or Tosh got me one of those switch charges. It was oh, an Indiegogo nice, campaign. Yeah. Uh, you hook your switch up to it and it like triples the battery life. That's awesome. Uh, it gives you a much better stand. Okay. It has multiple like knocks yeah. for, for different like levels of angle nice. on it. Uh, <clears throat> it'll charge my phone. Yeah. It moves the charge port to the side and it stores a couple game cards too. That's so awesome. Things I, super nice. I wish that the controller for a switch mm-hmm. Um, like the controller dock, whatever, um, was like more mobile per se. Like if it was just like a little slip that you put between the two and you might not have like grips, but you can still like play oh, together. You mean the, the like the where you put the two controller controllers thing. together and then you have one like people make those, uh they 3D print them. You can get them on oh, yeah. on Etsy or any of those. They'll 3D print little switch cart docks That's so that cool. it's like a little stick. Yeah, just like you're describing. Yeah, no. So maybe I need to buy one of those. I no idea. I don't have a Nintendo Switch. I'm gonna leave it (laughs) behind the time. I am. I'm working on it. I do have one uh, actual point that I want to bring up for this. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was some news just this past weekend that uh, Nintendo executives told their shareholders that they are considering the possibility of a successor to the 3DS, which would be interesting considering the Switch is both handheld and console. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I feel like that would be a mistake to divide their market after they just merged their market. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, somebody getting Nintendo will be Nintendo. So. Somebody getting money happy, grabby hands, money grabby hands. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the last bit of like news. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, okay. Uh, Showtime, I put Ola series. And it's also series is really spelt wrong. Yeah. Um, I meant Halo series. <laughs> ah. uh, Showtime. I believe Showtime. I know it's not HBO, but Halo is coming to TV. It's going to, I think somebody was saying that it's taking place. I think it's not in the Discord and I can't find where the article was. But uh, Halo is coming to TV and it's going to take place during the first game. Interesting. So okay. it's not like the, was it a Netflix series? There was a, a movie. It was a but movie, was but there was also one? another. Yeah. There was also a televised like series. I think I you, you can find it on Netflix. I know yeah. that much. Um, which both of them are sort of prequels to it. And is it just going to be a live action Red versus Blue? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that would funny. be cool. <laughs> I would love that. Um, <clears throat> do so it, Rooster Teeth. Do yeah. it. <laughs> so that's so happening. You totally listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hey, we've got friends over there. Yeah, um, sure, sure. So uh, another one is Amy Hen- Hennig. Amy Hennig. Yeah. Yes. Who is the lead Formerly writer or the Naughty lead- Dog? Yeah, yeah. From, used to be Naughty Dog. Yeah. Former Naughty Dog employee who was over the Uncharted series has been has a long career throughout game industry, mm-hmm. revolutionizing story and games, so on and so forth. Has come out and said that she is looking to start going indie. Uh, she's been working as more of a consultant since she left Naughty Dog, and she had worked. It was, with, it was EA that she left recently. Yeah, she did. She she wasn't really. From what it sounded like in the article that I was reading, it sounded like she wasn't really working with them. Uh, and even if she was, the project that she was on got canceled pretty quickly. Yeah, she was working. Uh, she was working for Visceral, EA's Visceral Labs, uh, mm-hmm. and they were working on a new Star Wars game. Yeah. Um, and when they can. 
Yeah, they, they did cancel it. What's interesting is that Amy Hennig is, is known for stories that are are very engaging yeah. and very much more linear than I think that EA was looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think EA is trying to do more of an open world kind of Star yeah. Wars thing there. They want right. to. But I don't know if that has any bearing on why uh, why they closed the studio or why Amy Hennig decided to leave. Either way, she's extremely talented, and I'm excited to see what she does next. Right, yeah. right. Uh, so I'm excited to see what she's going to bring to indie and how she might influence mm-hmm. the market. Uh, so that was, that's our recap for the last two to two few meetings, last few meetings. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and get into the expansion topic. Sure. Yeah, go for it. So this got, we talked about it a lot and I have a lot of feelings on this whole topic in general. Um, but Boogie went on to H3, H3, I believe is what it's called, or H3. Like Ethan Klein. Yeah. 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 He went on there and talked specifically about his interaction with Anita Zarkazian at VidCon. Was it last year? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, a little a little background on that is, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the um, uh, essentially they were having a cyberbullying panel. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a cyberbullying panel. And during that, um, it got most notice and VidCon received a huge controversy about this because in her particular panel, she went off on a guy. And the little bit about that guy is both him, both of them are completely on the opposite scales mm-hmm. of the spectrum, and he's called her out in the past and um, been not very nice <laughs> online. But she, he was sitting in the front row, and she looked right at him, and this guy, this guy, f him, and just went off yeah, on the whole I, thing. I remember hearing about that a while back. Right. So <laughs> Boogie came out and said that he had a talk with her for about an hour, and in it, he he pointed out a couple of things. Um, a couple of points that she she sometimes uses is, or we're hearing a lot nowadays um, is like if you're white, if you're male and white, you can't you can't receive any discrimination because that's just how you are. Um, <laughs> saw that hard hard eye roll. Uh, so there's a lot of things that she she pointed out, and what Boogie was saying was um, he didn't like her platform, and mm-hmm. I agree. To an extent, there's a lot about her platform that I just don't like. There's a lot about her the community that she's she's built that I don't really care for. Um, one of the things that he pointed out was like her community has sort of this mob mentality. That if she disagrees and she says I disagree with this person, then her entire fandom or fan base just sort of goes and goes starts yelling, right? So she has sort of an uh, I hate to use this word, but she has sort of an echo echo chamber that she's just shouting out into the into. well and i mean that seems to be an issue with a lot of personalities online right um is that anytime somebody like has an opinion their followers will kind of go after the brigade they'll brigade, brigade yeah, that they, opinion. and i mean so like yeah sorry. yeah so uh boogie was trying to say point out to her um and he was it sounded like he was being super respectful to her about it and just trying to get her to understand his side of things. And a lot of it was, uh, he talked about his audience size mm-hmm. and the audience that he had. And he had 30% that voted for Hillary and 30% that voted for Donald Trump. And then there was like 20% that didn't vote at all or couldn't yeah, vote. Yeah. Not that we're getting into politics. Right, I'm not getting into politics. Generally. But her response to that was like, isn't it disgusting that they only did this? He was like, no, it means that I have a wide audience that I'm speaking to. Uh, whereas your audience seems to just be like single-minded and against anything and it doesn't leave any room for conversation, right? And that's what he was ultimately trying to get up, get into. And that's what I really agree with. 
mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. on his point of things is, um, and this is a little reason why I don't care for Anita Sarkeesian or a lot of those um, those particular groups, uh, is because they don't allow for conversation often, right? It's their way or the highway right. for a lot of times. Well, it's exactly and, that echo chamber, like right. you're talking about. They're right. constantly bouncing the same like-minded ideas off of each mm-hmm. other and reinforcing each other. Right, right. And uh, for a lot of things for me in particular with Arnidia's, Zacazian's platform is also that she's she's found her voice as a lead feminist, right? And if you go back and you watch her, her show, uh, Feminist Frequency. Yep, that's correct. Um, she gets into things like straw feminism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think it's kind of weird that she talks about against all of that and yet she still sort of along those same lines herself. Um, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there, but uh, there's there's three, almost four waves of feminism now. Uh, you've got the first one, which was back in the early days when we were trying to get the vote. Actually, I do want to like kind of learn yeah. about all these because I, I've always heard like first, third, whatever wave feminism. Right. Uh, and I, I generally know what feminism is and I try to, you know, align myself with, with mm-hmm. you know, all these social issues. Uh, however, I don't know what the difference is between these waves of feminism. Okay. Um, well, I, I can't give you like a solid, solid point on them, okay. but I can tell you sort of how they've gotten. So the first one was when women were first getting in their rights. The mm-hmm. second one, and anybody's welcome to be like this, this dumb person. Here's what it really is. Um, uh, second one is more during the fifties. So yeah, the first wave of there feminism. I uh, was focusing on women's suffrage, property rights, and political candidacy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting women to vote. Mary uh, Poppins, think of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second uh, wave of feminism uh, was focusing on reducing inequalities in sexu- uh, sexuality, family, the workplace, re- uh, reproductive rights, mm-hmm. um, and other like inequalities uh, within uh That's when you see society. the bra burning. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Um, third wave, and so yeah, that was like the '60s to the '80s. Yeah. Third wave feminism was from the '90s to about 2008, uh, focusing on embracing individualism and diversity. Okay. Um, and then fourth wave feminism, which is what we're currently in, uh, is focusing on combating sexual harassment, uh, assault, and misogyny. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. And then fifth wave feminism is a concept of what the future feminism is going to be. Right. So, um, thank you. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, right now, uh, when you see the third and the fourth wave feminism, yep. a lot of it, uh, and it's the outliers that speak the loudest, and why you why you see uh, once two thousand eight or around two two thousand up to two thousand eight, and even into now, feminism has this negative connotation, and a lot of it is because of like Gamergate that happened, and I don't want to get into it, but Gamergate happened, and then you have a, which Anita Zarkazian sort of found her eyes in there. Um, her and Zoe Quinn were some of the ones that got ganged up on the yeah, hardest. Yeah. Um, They've gone through some, yeah. some stuff. And I'm not putting any of that down. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah. Um, but what you're seeing is the third wave and the fourth wave, once they kind of connected, was you. that's when you start seeing like the man-hating and, and a lot of that very negative out... out mm, what's the word? Um, well, I, I mean, if... I think that the... Um, the perception of feminism that it's mm. anti-male, uh, yeah. But like, that is that that's like that's the radical side of feminism, right? Right. 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 Um, but on top of that, like, I mean, some might even suggest that like a lot of the ideas of like 
equality between the genders and between sexualities and between anything like that um, wouldn't have gained as much prominence without some vitriolic whatever. I'm usually somebody who doesn't agree with that perspective just because I think that you don't have to get angry or have to be hateful in order to get your point across. Right there. However, (laughs) um, you know, I also can understand the Sarkeesian perspective, at least from, look, I get all of this hate and vitriol from gamer gators and from people online who don't want to see women have an equal place in the workplace, in the gaming world. You know, they're the ones that say, you know, girls are fake gamers and things like that. And yeah, and the gatekeeping. And so, you know, to some degree, um, you know, where, where do you draw the line of, I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to have a discourse with somebody versus they won't have a discourse with me or the ideas that they are spouting are so vitriolic that why should we, why, why should we say, you know, that this perspective is equal to this perspective Mm -hmm. when this one is solely based in hate. And this one, even though it veers in this direction Mm -hmm. every once in a while is trying to bring about. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're all a product of, of what the world has made us. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, even if uh, if Anita's uh, fan base is a little bit extreme, the points that they bring up are still extremely valid. And that's why I, I highly value the feminist frequency videos because they bring to light yeah. things that I didn't even know were problems. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the thing is getting getting eyes on these issues. I guess it's I, I guess the reason why um, why I don't care too much for it, like in a lot of ways, um, is is because I'm female and I've already seen it and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm living it. Right. 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 Um, so yeah, I've been to conventions and, and so things sorry like for that. Gender. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like, uh, and, and it, but out of that, you see the terms like mansplaining, white knighting. And I've yeah, had those yeah. happen to me and I'm not, not saying they're not things that I have had them happen to me and I've been sexually harassed and all of those things. Yeah. And I used to hate when guys tell me to smile because I it felt like they were taking, telling me I can't feel the way I want to feel. Yeah. Right. If I'm having a bad day, I want to have a bad day, and I'm gonna have a have a resting uh, face. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, Family yeah. friendly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so don't tell me to smile. Right. So those those are the sorts of things. What's sad, and this is the part that really gets me down. What's sad is because you have these extremes and such on both ends. Everybody in the middle can't really feel like they have a voice. Right. Like I, I do have. I am. I don't say I'm feminist, right? And you hear a lot of women say this because what they think of is the negative connotations. Right, and they right. think of all of the all of the um, uh, extremes, right? right? All the extreme radicals. Because the moment I tell you I'm feminist, immediately you start discounting my voice, right. right? You're like, oh, she's just another one of those people, which then, of course, leads into like straw feminism and things like that. So I, I get that, um, which is why a lot of women have stopped. Well, then you see... Um, uh, what's her name? Lady who played Hermione. Oh, uh, Emma Watson. Emma, Emma Watson, Watson. right. Uh, Emma, Wa- Emma Watson, I would say, is the complete opposite end of what Zornita Sarkeesian is. Really? Right? Mm-hmm. She, so, I did not and, ever yeah. hear that. She's, they're both feminists, but they both approach it in a different way. Oh, I and see. I much go for what, um, for what, she's Emma Watson. Thank you. Emma Watson <laughs> says than what Zarkita says. And one of the biggest things that that um, what had happened to Watson, and she did a a, a, a photo shoot, and where yeah, her yeah. she was exposed, 
right? And a lot of women got super upset with her and called her out on it. And she's like, why? Like, I'm valuing my body. I'm doing it. Like, nobody told me to do this. I wanted to do this, right? And right. One Isn't of the, that just what right. you described as third wave feminism? Yes. Like finding your individuality? And, you would think yeah. so. And one of the things that stuck out to me in that interview is what she said. She's like, feminism isn't a stick in which to beat each other down with, right? And that's what you see a lot of a lot now and why so many people are just backing off on that whole don't, don't link me with feminism. What they're saying is don't link me with the extreme. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, the faces of the extreme are people like Ernita. Ernita. But uh, Ernita. don't mm-hmm. you. So, like, I mean, I've seen also, though, like some people say, like, no, you should use the word feminist because it proves that because the, the more that you back off from the word or back off from the connotations that feminism brings with it, the more that you almost like empower the the vocal minority, the right? denunciation of yes. feminism as a whole. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, I don't want to call myself a feminist because there are bad feminists out there when it's like, no, like you should call yourself a feminist because like you are embodying the ideals of feminism um, in the same way that like, I like, I would call myself a feminist because I believe in equality between genders and sexuality. Like yeah. I think that that, is a fair thing for me to say. And if somebody's like, oh, you're, you know, you think that men should, you know, all be shot and castrated and whatever. And I'm like, no, like I'm a man. Like, why would I want that? Yeah. Instead it's like, no, like your ideas of what feminism are, are incorrect. And like, here, let me. And so then when somebody discounts me, it's instead an opportunity for me to have a conversation. It's the same with like black lives matter and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there are people that are like, oh, they, all they ever do is swear at the cops and say death to, the police and whatever. And it's like, no, like, again, there are radicals. There are people who are extremely angry at the position that they have in life, at the circumstances and experiences that they've had to endure based on their race or, or gender or sexuality or whatever. And they're upset and they're lashing out about that. That doesn't mean that everything they stand for is incorrect. Yeah. It just means that like, we have to reclaim the, the good perspectives Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I see where you're coming from on that. I think for me, what the reason why I don't say it is because immediately people shut down. Yeah. Right. And that's so that's why I and don't say it. And that's unfortunate. Right. So instead of saying it, I show it instead. Right. Fair. Like Fair. I, I, <laughs> I don't treat. And this is why uh, it gets really weird. And this is the topic's going too long and too far. But I don't try to treat anybody differently. I recognize you for who you are. Right. And that that's the whole point of feminism, recognizing the individuality. Right. Right. That that third part of it. The equality and recognizing yeah. and I, and individuality. I re- and I yes. try to. Right. Um, and so instead of saying it, I show it. Yeah. And I try to be a leader in that regard. Right. But if people come to me and immediately start saying, yelling at me, you're feminist, you're and but they're saying it in that negative connotation. I'm not exactly sure what to say anymore at that point. Yeah. Right. You could say, oh, talk on it except own it but at the same time you got to know when you're yelling at a wall yeah and yelling at i and i don't have the patient or the time patience or the time to run up and jackhammer your your misconceptions down instead i'm just going to continue to show you yes. continue yeah. to prove and that's and that's, that's the best way to do that because if you're again mm-hmm. uh, actually i really like your phrasing jackhammer at a wall <laughs> right uh, what if that wall is like the Great Wall of China? Like, good luck. Mm-hmm. You're going to be jackhammering that for a long time. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with with 
a lot of conversations, not just feminism right now, but a lot of like mm-hmm. divided people, they all approach talking with each other. Uh, <clears throat> they all approach talking with each other like, no, you're wrong, blah, 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 trying to, to change their minds that way mm-hmm. when really they just need to exercise their compassion and empathy and mm-hmm. their soft skills and really understand where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. Like if you get at those base, base empathetic levels and just find common ground, then you can open up that conversation, open up the, those, that wall's doors and, mm-hmm. you know, compromise with each other. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's something that we're sorely lacking right now in this country. Yeah. And in a lot of, in, a lot this, of time. in this time, <laughs> in period, this time period, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but more to what David's saying though, um, I, I also agree with that because if more and more people shy away from using the term feminism, then the term feminism becomes owned by the extremists. Yeah. Right. So, like, the less people claiming they're feminists, the less moderate people who are claiming that, the more that the uh, the extremist side is, is yeah. going to own own the term. So, yeah. It's a fine line, yeah, I think. It is. It's really, it's a fine line, and it's hard to know where to stand on certain things, especially if you don't educate yourself enough to know what each side is trying to stand for, right? And then understanding that there are outliers, and that, unfortunately, the most extreme people are the loudest ones, and the ones... And because of the way news sensationalizes things, media sensationalizes things, oftentimes the those extreme get the biggest platforms. Well, and, yeah. yeah, and also <laughs> like, which videos do you go and watch on YouTube? Right? Are you watching Again, the echo chamber? Yeah. Are you are you right. watching the echo chamber ones? Are you watching people who have done? I mean, even for us, right? Like mm-hmm. we are having this discussion, but none of us are scholars about this is true uh, feminism or any other. So, social, political issues, whatever, mm-hmm. um, like, is now, you know, I like to do my research here and there, but at the same time, like, are the are the people that you're taking in these thought leaders from, whatever, are they doing their research? And are they trying to be, are they, are they trying to show multiple sides of an issue? It doesn't have to be both sides, or it doesn't even have to be every single perspective there is out there um, because there are people who will claim, uh, you know, male genocide and white genocide and all of these other types of things because somebody made a game with a female protagonist or put a woman on the cover of Battlefield, um, you know. But, but, but at the same time, like, whether, whether or not you are going and having a conversation with those people or about that specific perspective, you should still be able to show a perspective of like, why, why is it a good idea to have more women in games? Why is it a good idea to have groups like girls make games and things like that around the area? Yeah. Not so much because they are exclusionary to specific, uh, like to, to men, but because there is a lack of women in games, there's a lack of, uh, uh, female protagonists that can be role models or that women can see themselves in. Um, and again, it comes back to diversity and that kind of stuff as well. Um, but just in general, like, what is it that they're talking about? Are they are they on a soapbox claiming, you know, this thing is the worst thing ever? Or are they actually trying to dig deep into it and actually see what's going on? Yeah. So I, I prefer to take a more intellectual approach, I guess, whatever. And I- and I think that's I that's what, what we're saying is educate yourself, right? And I think we say this all the time when we get into these kinds of discussion. <laughs> is like, 
the biggest, the best way to go about it is educate yourself. And I'm not saying just go out there and read all the things of, of your favorite people. Go out there and look at both sides of the spectrum, right? All sides of the spectrum. Go out there and, and do that, right? Yes. Understand because well, that that's for me how I like to approach things. But uh, I mean, that's that's where I was trying to say like, if you do all sides of the spectrum, you're going to go down rabbit holes. Oh yeah. And you're going to often like like there are sides of the spectrum that are incorrect <laughs> and to try and say like you want to like like oh like flat earth is a thing right so i'm gonna go study Gosh. flat earth it's like okay you can go watch a thousand videos on flat earth but it's all the same arguments and it's all things that have been disproved and so like if you are trying to see all the perspectives but there are some that are inherently incorrect. It's like, I I would say like, sure, like understand that people believe the earth is flat, yeah. but understand more so why the earth isn't flat. And like, like, well, it's, it's I, similar you know with I mean? uh, the vaccination yeah. stuff or the anti-vax. Yeah. Because, because yeah, if, if, if we say like, oh, there might be some validity to the anti-vaccine movement, then that means, okay, so should we stop vaccinating everyone? Or no, like, oh, when you actually look into it, like, these claims are disproven. Right. And the person that created the claim in the first place that has been referenced by all these other people has been discredited and has even come out and said, like, oh, I kind of made it up because I was trying to go in this direction. And so it's like, if you don't... like, It's it's again that problem of echo chamber. Yeah. Uh, We encountered... Somebody cognitive recently. bias, isn't that what yeah, it's actually yeah, called? Cognitive bias. Co- cognitive bias. Uh, there was recently a conversation in the office uh, on on the the big you know Slack channel um, where one person is heavily anti-vax, and I mean it was it was that jackhammer against the wall. Like yep. both sides were trying to jackhammer on each other, and both were like, "Well, here's this evidence," and the other guy's like, "Well, I don't believe your evidence." Yeah, mm-hmm. and. It's, oh, it's yeah. a nightmare. So, so to sum it all up, because we've been going on this yeah, topic yeah. for a little while, um, I think we agree a little in that education is one of the things that that you do, right? Yeah. Go, go yeah. and research it. Um, don't don't uh, encourage discussion. Yes. Right. There's a lot of reasons why we we ban some topics at the club, and we have. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why we did it. <laughs> <because> <laughs> we <have. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that what? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why why we ban, ban certain topics at the club, and it's a, it's specifically because a lot of times it doesn't encourage a whole lot of discussion because one person's very hard on one side and the other person's very hard on the other, yeah. right? So in order to make sure that in the club itself we continue to have discussions, we just go these topics we've talked about them before, and we always just stop right there and we don't go any further. So we're just not gonna. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like that's also discouraging discussion. So I feel like we could bring these to- allow these topics to come back up, but when they do, keep it heavily moderated and you know, like the the big proponents of one side or the other, you know, let them have a little bit, but then get other opinions as well. Right. Right. Uh, I think the other reasons why we've banned some it, it things can also, is, like, is be an entire hour of just that. Yeah, but uh, but also because there might not be any new news, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're just continuously repeating right. the same right. things. It's over that and same over. Right. 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 So. Um, so yeah, so that's 
that was my thoughts on those things. I've been wanting to kind of get the get it out there. I got one last thing I want yeah, to add. Go this. For it. Um, you guys brought up, or David brought up, the battlefield uh, woman on the cover, right? And there, <laughs> yes. all the drama with that we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, while I was at New Orleans this past week, uh, we went to the National World War II Museum. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, at one point, or at one point in the museum, they have this huge exhibit just dedicated to women in service, That's and awesome. there were. 330,000 women wow. involved in World War II and not just like helping in the yeah. industry and make making stuff like there were 150,000 in the Women's Army Corps uh, there were 88,000 in the Navy uh, yeah in the Navy there were 59,000 in the Army Nurse Corps That's awesome. and then 20,000 in Marines and Coast Guard and so many other yeah. areas women were huge yeah. in World War II and incredibly important and this is just the U.S. Yeah. <clears throat> so. So there's a there's a book series that I absolutely love, and it's called uh, it's by the same guy who does the Badass of the Week. Oh. So he wrote two books, and in both of these books are a lot of stories about women who have gone and just been you know the badass mm-hmm. female of their time and gotten like involved. Joan of Arc and, and stuff yeah, like that. and one of the ones that they talked about and. I want to say, I want to say it's World War II. I want to say, but they were talking about how this one woman (laughs) sniped a bunch of people. I want to say that, but I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read the book. Um, But they were talking, yes, exactly that. There are, there were women involved in the wars. And a lot of them didn't take, uh, some of them might not have been enlisted, but still done their part to, Mm -hmm. to the society. So, so this yes. whole argument against like battlefield and stuff for putting women in in World War II scenarios, it's like you guys are just objectively wrong. Like <laughs> there is, there were a lot of women involved and were crucial to to the war. Yeah, again, well, lack of education. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So okay, well we've been going for a while, so let's go ahead and head in head into our shout outs. Yes. So uh, of course, as always, shout out to Trey. Hodge, every time I'm, I, his last name trips me up. So shout out to Trey Hodge. He get, he does Trey Mix. TreyMixes.com. TreyMixes.com. He also puts out some YouTube tutorials on how to make your your stuff sound yeah. sound so, better. I was about to say sound yep, look better. If, if you're if you're either looking to learn about audio mixing, um, uh, or audio production, uh, then check out TreyMixes.com. He has a lot of tutorials and videos. Um, but also, if you're looking for uh, to hire somebody who can do audio for your podcast or for your game, uh, he's a composer as well. Um, Trey is super talented um, and is a huge blessing uh, for us and has been really helpful just making sure this podcast sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, steal him from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as, uh, as another always, shout out to Anwar. Mm-hmm. He... He worked really hard, even though um, we've had our episodes not be uploaded for a little bit. It was a bunch of things, mostly Anchor, who we post our our stuff on, which then goes right, out to, spread yeah, out to the spreads other out to the other services. platforms. Uh, was down, and so that's why our episodes hadn't been going up. And Anwar has been working very hard to correct that, and so has David. David contacted the support, so thank you guys. That's awesome. So now our episodes are almost all up. Thank so. you, Anwar. Yeah, thanks, you. Anwar. Um, and then additionally, thanks, huge thanks to Nirvana uh, for continuing to allow us to record the podcast here. Um, if you're looking for good coffee, board games, um, and just want to hang out, uh, Nirvana Coffee up in Frisco. 
It's pretty dope. It's always bustling. Yep. <laughs> so. Um, I also wanted to do two more shout outs. Go for it. Um, go for it. So I wanted to shout out to Jose. There's been a couple the couple of times I haven't been able to come to the to the group chats on Thursday and Jose has stepped up and mediated the group. Cool. Or, awesome. Uh, led the group in discussion. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Melissa who did somewhat of the same thing while I was gone for my vacation mm-hmm. um, and for a second week that I wasn't there. And so thank you guys so much for stepping up and helping us out. Uh, as always, we always try to empower members in our group to, if they want to take a bigger role, we try to let them do that. So thank you guys so much for doing, doing that. And, and if you, the listener, uh, would love to join in on the conversation, we have a Discord and we have a Facebook group, VGOCC, Video Game Open Coffee Club. Uh, if you're looking to start growing your network, meeting other people who are interested, get involved in the community, go to those channels. We always update when there's some new new thing coming out in the community of DFW. Um, hopefully we start spreading out further. Uh, so yeah, join us there. Uh, tell us what you think about... Uh, Boogie on Arnita Zakazian. What's your thoughts on on feminism? Do you agree with them? Do you do you wish that the conversation went differently? Let us know. Uh, and if you are looking to join us physically, come down to on Thursday. Was it Whole Foods off of Runner Roads in Plano? And uh, here at Nirvana on Fridays, both clubs start at 8 a.m. Alrighty. Well, this has been Rebecca. Uh, you can follow me at My Dyslexic World, D E S, not D Y. And I've been Michael Sewell. You can follow me on Twitter at Sewell Softworks. And I'm David Farris at David S. Farris. All right, guys, you have a great morning and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.